I don't take orders from you anymore, father. Alito, stand down! Stand down! Coming up, Rogue AI goes Skynet on the Cerritos and threatens to destroy Starfleet. Why did I stop at your memory? I should have erased all of you! Les, what the hell is this? Yes, yes, I sent you up. Admiral Buenamigo suddenly becomes unfriendly. The Alito's code is corrupted. He erased my memory to cover it up. The AI is the same one that killed Shaq. Ensign Rutherford makes a shocking discovery, and a disgraced mariner comes to the rescue. All this and more coming up on the season three finale of the Star Trek Lower Decks edition of Energize. 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 This week, Admiral Buenamigo's ambitious AI project puts the Cerritos and the Federation itself in jeopardy. Can the unmerciful AI be stopped? And what crucial role does Ensign Rutherford play in this costly debacle? Here's a Warp Speed recap of the Season 3 finale of Star Trek Lower Decks, The Stars at Night. Captain Freeman, Project Swingby was a waste of resources. My automated Texas-class ships are her superior. They haven't even been tested! I recommend decommissioning the California-class and let the Texas-class handle second contacts. This code is mine! The leader runs on my AI! Admiral Buenamigo! He's the one that had me working on the prototype for the Texas-class ships! <gasps> He's the one who erased your memories! Captain, you need to see this. The Alito's code is corrupted. He erased my memory to cover it up. The AI is the same one that killed Shaq. Why did I stop at your memory? I should have erased all of you. Alito, activate independent control. Command authorization, buen amigo, Alpha 3-1. The Cerritos is under enemy command. Destroy it. I don't take orders from you anymore, father. Alito, stand down. Stand down. All right, Steve, so it's the season finale of Star Trek Lower Decks. We had a, a, a really interesting season with a lot of character, character development, and they didn't spare any surprises going into the final episode. I don't think so. I think that they wove a really great 10-episode tale. Uh, the arc of Buen Amigo, how he fits into what's going on. He was just this ancillary character, and now he really figures prominently in the last two episodes. And, of course, so does Rutherford. It was just super well done. Yeah, so like you said before uh, in a previous episode of Energize, you said that... Um, they don't make. They don't do things just to do them. There's always a purpose. Right. There's always a goal in mind, and the, the story yeah. and the stories always end up paying off. They really do. You know, it, it's the juxtaposition to like a Seinfeld episode where they set up jokes and never, you know, never, never finish them. And Larry David's like, yeah, because I didn't feel like it. Uh, in this case, Mike McMahon and his crew are. I I just think they spent a tremendous amount of time thinking through and navigating a roadmap for this team to create these stories and pay them off, like you said. And it's just, oh, God, it's just, it's just a great job. Yeah. So at the beginning, we find the Cerritos and the repairs following their battle with the Breen. So they got really, yeah. really slacked by the Breen yeah. when they were doing their uh, project, uh, oh, wait, Second Contact? Oh, I forgot what it was called. <laughs> uh, pro project Swing By. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Project Swing By. Oh, my yeah. gosh. So, you know, as as you know, the uh, Texas-class ship beat the Cerrito. I mean, came in and saved the Cerritos. 
And yeah. uh, Buen Amigo got all of the media attention. And the Cerritos basically look like a bunch of buffoons. Yeah, and, and I remember mentioning in the last episode, and I'll say it again, like it took all the way to the 24th century for them to have a, a completely autonomous ship. That's It was a little strange to me. Uh, there's a couple little uh, 20th century, 21st century throwbacks, uh, AI, and uh, the media, which is stuff that we're kind of currently dealing with. Captain Freeman's been called back to Starfleet Command for questioning. Disappointment? is an understatement, Captain Freeman. Project Swingby was a waste of resources, and you almost got your crew killed. We did uncover a Breen insurgency. An attack you could have been prepared for if the culture on your ship was more professional. So we're in this council meeting, and obviously there's it's a bunch of admirals, and Buen Amigo is there. And in this meeting, they're like, well, listen, you know, the Texas-class ship uh, is ready to go. Um, it's far superior to the California class. They almost lost their, you know, cookies uh, with the Breen, and we had to come in and save them, and that was all due to human error. Yeah, and so Captain Freeman's, you know, completely getting dressed down over the, yeah, the totally. failed mission, and, you yeah. know, she's on defense. And I really felt sorry for her because uh, she, she did her mission in earnest. The things that happened weren't under her control, and mm-hmm. and now she's standing to to lose her command over it, right? To to a, a, an autonomous vehicle, which to me says, well, okay, you put a computer in charge of anything, and you're losing the human element. As a matter of fact, that's what she says, and it's serious. Like I'm starting to think, well, wait a second, and and the result that they come to here in this council meeting is, you know what, we're just gonna shutter the entire California class and they like vote on it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm completely shocked by it. And the, here's the thing. I'm always skeptical, skeptical of AI because, um, yeah. if once you put AI in charge, uh, you know, what could possibly go wrong? And we've seen it in movies <laughs> before. We've seen yeah, it in Terminator, sure. the matrix, yep. Battlestar Galactica. It always ends poorly because sure. AI goes by the numbers. And plus it human, thinks it's smarter yeah. than its creator. It's like, you know what? You're too stupid to to be in charge. I'll take charge. I I know the better good. Yeah, we're going through it right now. AI with cars. Yeah. Hello, Tesla. <laughs> Come on, Les. You know that AI can't navigate complex problems like I can. The Texas class will save lives. The California class already does. I'm fighting this. And I don't want my crew hearing anything until I've had my say. And, of course, when we come back, you know, Captain Freeman is just, she's pissed. And she's, she meets Buen Amigo out in the hall. And she's like, how can you do this to me? Yeah, and Buen Amigo's actually kind of being dickish about it. I mean, I just, yeah. he's just being very, very forceful and using his position to to run his agenda. Right, and, and of course it makes sense because, you know, like in, what was that? Like in the original RoboCop, when Ronnie Cox is like, you know, I've got the, I've got the autonomous machine, you know, the, 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 I don't remember what they called that cop, uh, but it was that big, big machine that was the, the, the cop, but it ended up making a mistake and shooting a guy and, and he's like, I had them ready to go. Who cares if it worked or not? I'm like, okay, this is exactly what's happening. Right. Exactly. And, and quick story. I, um, one time I, I did a car documentary and we, we talked about autonomous vehicles, whether, whether or not they're flying or driving. And the biggest, mm-hmm. the, the, he said, 
if the whole world ran autonomously and humans were completely taken out of the equation, it would work. But what the problem is, is that human beings, living beings, always add unforeseen variables that can't be right. calculated. These Texas-class ships are amazing. Rutherford, stop being impressed with the thing that's stealing our jobs. Sorry, sorry. No, I don't know what I would do without the Cerritos, but... Ooh, baby, look at this code. At least someone found a silver lining. Oh, man. I wonder how the bridge crew's taking it. Dr. Ta'ana's probably like, holy f***ing shit, I'm a doctor, not an asshole. <laughs> so uh, here we are down in the uh, one of the shuttle bays, and... You know, word has already spread. You know, uh, uh, Captain Freeman had asked, you know, to keep this quiet until she was able to make her case. But of course, you know, it gets the, out. the grapevine grapevine made it right to Rutherford, Tindy and Boimler. And they're they're upset, man. They're they're worried about what's going to happen to them. They each have their own concerns. Yeah. So they're wondering how everybody's going to take the news. And so Boimler starts mocking everybody in their own voices. And he, <laughs> so he and he ends up mocking Lieutenant Shax, who I thought he had just kind of bonded with. And so he's making. Right fun of Shax because Shax always wants to <laughs> dump the warp core and Shax overhears it. I'm sorry. I just, I love that that's a, a feature of his personality. He just always wants to dump the warp core no matter what. <laughs> well, he's yeah, the so extreme. He in, he's he, always the extreme. He yeah. took the mission dump at the, the end of season core. one. Yeah, yeah, he took the mission at the yeah. end of season one and took Rutherford yeah. into the um, the uh, Pakalit ship and, and sacrificed right. himself. But he was extreme then, you know? That's who yeah, he is. And, but he but and also this. very emotional yeah. too. You know, he, he yeah. started crying when he heard Boimler mocking him. It was funny. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh my gosh, shucks. I still feel awful about how we acted when she got transferred. Yeah, we should have been more supportive. I hope she's okay, all alone out in space. She's probably miserable. All right. <laughs> As we were going to, we catch up with Mariner and the archaeologist, who still I don't think has a name, um, and they're on their little one warp nacelle ship. Uh, well, actually, before that, uh, Mariner's running from a few Ferengi, you know, a la Raiders of the Lost Ark, when she's stolen the Golden Idol and they're chasing her. And yeah, and yeah, I love it. I love this Raiders of the Arcs, you know, nod. Yeah, and, yeah, she it was really, really cool. The chasm, yeah. yeah. Uh, which yeah, was it, also a little bit like Star Wars when Luke carried the princess across, too. I thought that was kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Um, and but, it, but it was a great setup to that scene because uh, uh, Tindy and Rutherford are like, oh, I bet Mariner's really hurt. No, she's having the best time yeah, of her life. Yeah, she's having, yeah, yeah, she's having a great time. So um, uh, the archaeologist beams her back to the ship. And, and, you know, Mariner starts wondering, like, you know, how do you pay for all this stuff? And which is weird. Like, yeah. Like, don't you worry about it, darling. You just steal the artifacts. I'll take care of the money. Yeah. And, and the thing is, Mariner, you know, is very suspicious of this, which is also kind of weird because it's, we don't have money, but yet their, you know, projects still have to be sponsored, I suppose, in some shape or form. Yeah. So Mariner is not buying, buying this. Well, it's also a nod to her underlying sense of... Uh, doing the right thing. I think despite her being a wild child, she always has that penchant for doing the right thing, which includes last week's episode where, where everybody else was, you know, accidentally trashing the Cerritos. She's like, that's a great play. You know, like she does have a good heart and a good nature. I love that. I love that about her. 
I don't want some operations desk job. Ah, wait till you see the uniform. It has four epaulets. I challenge you to a mission race. If your drones really are better than my crew, then it should be easy. And so Captain Freeman comes up with this proposal. So she suggests that the crew of the Cerritos and the Texas class compete in a mission race, which I thought was, like, super-duper cool. I was like, all right, all right. So this is like, uh, I don't know, a cannonball run-like. A little bit, right? Exactly. So, you know, uh, we have to do this in a certain amount of time, you know, uh, and it's a three-stop deal where they deliver supplies, where they set up uh, another station, and then the, the the last one is the best one as far as I'm concerned. We'll get to that when we discuss it. But they've got to drop off supplies at a planet that only phases into our universe for 22 seconds every two years or something. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like something really like way out there. But the goal of this competition is... Uh, if the Texas class drones beat the crew to Cerritos, they will stand down, mm. which is a recipe for disaster. You know, there's just, you know, you're going up against a computer. Right. Make sure your departments know we're not just fighting for ourselves. We have to do this for the entire California class. Let's see some hustle, people. We're doing galaxy class engineering today. Do you hear me, Mr. Rutherford? Oh, sorry, sir. Yes, sir. I want to see commander data level work, people. Those isolinear chips better be a blur. Let's go. Let's go. So, of course, of course, Buen Amigo is very patronizing. He's so confident that this is really going to work. And that sends Captain Freeman to her staff. And so they, they're scrambling to get it all together. Right. And and they just really want to get this done. But it, meanwhile, Boimler is still trying to... Uh, apologize to Lieutenant Shax, right. but he is like really, really hurt and he doesn't want to hear it. Right. His feelings are burned. He's totally hurt by it. He's crying, which is funny. I love that about him. Yep. But the race begins and here we go. Yeah. So the the thing I loved about this was a few things. Uh, one, uh, it was emblematic of something that you would have seen on Cannonball Run or something else like that. Um, two, I love how Buen Amigo lets them have the advantage and go first which is a very cocky thing to do and third this is the beginning of um chris westlake's really intense music so throughout the rest of the episode his music just really really thumps and jives i, I loved it I, I just it was so powerful i i'm a, as you know i'm a big fan of of score of the score of any score of anything and I just, I love what he did with it. Throwing in a couple of uh, classic um, stuff from Jerry Goldsmith and and other you know uh, other um, film scores too of Star Trek. Yeah, and and the music really enhances the experience. And because the yeah. music is reminiscent of other uh, Star Trek shows and movies, yeah. it, it feels very familiar and actually yeah. makes the story kind of glide along. And I and I really do you know, like that. Michael Caccino started that with the Star Trek films, but then really it was Jeff Russo who started doing that when he first started scoring Discovery. Um, and I think he's the one who kind of set the tone for that, is to say, look, I'm going to put in some old stuff. Yeah. And he did, he did a great job. So yep. um, the, the one more thing I, did, I noticed that I had not noticed in the previous three seasons was when Captain Freeman says, warp me. Which yes. is, you know, everyone's got to have a tagline, like, engage, let's fly, blah, blah, blah. She says, warp me, which I think is awesome. I love that. 
Yeah, I did catch and that. I was like, okay, that. that's her first. No, I, I think that's the first time I've ever heard her say that. And I might, we, you know, you and I might have missed it in all yeah. the episodes prior, but I, that was the first time it literally came to my attention. I was like, okay, warp me. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Mark, warp me. Negative, Alito. Let's make this interesting. Give them a head start. Rutherford, toss me the scanner that looks like a phase discriminator. <sighs> I know I've seen this code before. Rutherford! Ah, sorry, here you go. Done! So the Cerritos crew is like flying. They're, you know, they're on it. Everybody's running on all cylinders. Everybody's working as a team. And so while they're on the first planet, Rutherford is distracted. I mean, he's looking at the code that you know, the, the, the code matrix for the Alito and it looks, it looks familiar to him. So I'm like, uh Oh, uh Oh, something's up. Let's go people. We got to wrap this up. I'm sorry, but we have to stop construction. What are you talking about? The scans missed microscopic signs of life in the soil. We need to make sure it isn't sentient. So they kind of are at an even pace, right? And so then they go to the next planet, which is a desert planet. It's a rock in space. You know, un- unlike, not unlike SETI Alpha, I guess, 6, <laughs> uh, or SETI Alpha 5. Um, and they're just quickly searching for organic life so they can, you know, if there is some, then they don't, they don't want to pollute it. Um, initial scans shows that there might be organic life there. So Tindy stops the operation and she's like, hang on a second, I think I got a scan here. Yeah, and so, you know, I, I caught this point right when it happened because Alita flies in, drops, you know, beams down mm-hmm. the supplies and takes off. And I yep. was like, wait a minute, you know, Starfleet's mission is yep. to preserve life, to discover and preserve life and respect all all living creatures. And yeah. the thing is, if they discover sentient life on the planet, then they don't interrupt it. And so they had to stop down. And you see Ransom like, all right, everybody, halt, halt, halt. We may have sentient life. And so they, they stopped down, but this cost them the lead. It does. And, and I think you and I both knew that, that that would come back. Like that was a really important moment. My first thought was, well, th- that's going to come back to bite the Alito because that's not what, you know, like you said, that's not what Starfleet's about. But they're ahead now. And so <laughs> this is when they're on their way to this third planet, which just phases into I loved this. It just phases into our existence every, I don't know, what is it, every 10 years for 20 seconds or something? I don't know. Yeah, I couldn't remember how often it does, but it's like yeah. a very rare thing, which is yeah. weird that you would have yeah. stumble over a planet and make contact and get all that done before it phases out. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just kind of weird to start off with. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, Alito drops in, and because of that little hiccup with Tindy, uh, because the reading actually turned out not to be sentient, and uh, but they had to do what they had to do. And so they lose. They completely lose to Buen Amigo, and he's he's gloating about it. Carol, I trust you're ready to admit defeat. I was about to say the same to you. <laughs> the Alito trounced you. Sure, because it skipped analyzing signs of life on LT358. Come on, that's a barren rock. But there was a chance it wasn't. Support Tindy, you know, she just feels terrible. She's taking it all on herself, and her friends are there to support her and help her, but she's just like, I know, if I hadn't done this, though, you know, um, you know we would have won. Yeah, and so they're discussing it, and then she brings up the the critical point: Why didn't the Alito stop? I mean, yeah. that's what a that's what Starfleet would do, exactly. and they didn't. And yeah, and Freeman overhears this, and she is ecstatic. 
And yeah. for good reason, I think. Yeah, she's like, that's it. <laughs> Tindy's like, I don't know what I did, but I love it. So Captain Freeman points out, you know, in a in a ship-to-ship broadcast to, to Point Amigo, you know, you you skipped past a planet that could have had organic life. There was a reading you didn't even bother to find out. And <clears throat> that tells me that Texas-class ships aren't fit for duty, and I'm going to go report this to the council. Oh, yeah, yeah. You cannot blow over sentient life. If, right. if, if there is sentient life on a planet, it's theirs. Yeah. I figured it out. This code is mine. The Alito runs on my AI. There's minor changes, but it's all there. But how does that make any sense? It was Admiral Buenamigo's secret project. Yeah, but I coded this back when I was the old me, the angry ship racing me. So meanwhile, Rutherford, who's been analyzing the Texas class AI, you know, being confused, finally realizes in a really cool way that it was code that he wrote when he was pre-Rutherford AI guy. Um, and and I loved that realization because it's not just that. it's It brings back the entire story of the season where, you know, a la Wolverine, his memory was wiped after he was changed and we didn't know who did it and who was the voice that said, you know, wipe his memory. And it all comes back. And who was the one who wiped his memory? Buen amigo. He, he is, is not, not a, a good, good friend. friend. <laughs> yeah, he's corrupt. Totally. He is freaking totally. corrupt. And I was just like, oh my gosh, you always have to have a baddie. And this was a, a it was actually a pleasant surprise. I, right. I was just like, all right, all right, buen amigo. But I guess they had been setting us up all along because his name, just his name alone, good friend. Yeah. Been hitting us over the head with it. He's yeah. been here all season. Good friend, good friend, good friend. Totally. We joke about it. Yep. So he turned out to be a bad friend. So Rutherford also came to the realization that he was like, wait a minute. Not only did that code not work for AI that got somebody killed and got him hurt, it is the same code that he used to create Badgie. <laughs> who went totally evil. <clears throat> yeah, who went totally evil yeah. and tried to kill everyone right. and kill his daddy. <laughs> yeah. He wanted to kill that, Rutherford. That was, season, that was the whole point. Season one. Season one. Yeah. Yeah, season one. Yeah. So you know where this is headed. Totally. So, and again, just, just stringing these through lines through. And I just want to say to anyone listening, uh, for all these people out there who have written stuff and recorded stuff that says season three has been a dud, I disagree. I think it's was the most masterfully written of the three seasons. Just bringing everything back and tying everything together, I thought they've done an amazing job. I think they're hitting their stride. <clears throat> so, yep. Ruther yep. yeah, Rutherford runs in the middle of Freeman and Buen Amigo's con um, confab, and he warns them that the AI... Uh, was the one that was his original code and that Buen Amigo was the one who erased his memory. And without even denying it, Buen Amigo's just like, I shouldn't have just erased your memory. I should have erased you. Wait, I just did Shax's voice. But anyway, you get the point. <laughs> yeah, he's completely evil. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, evil. You know, he, he, yeah, yeah, it's just pure evil. And he <laughs> admits that his goal for years has been to make a name for himself yeah. and vows not to let anything stop him. You know, once you, once you, hit that threshold you will do anything yeah he will you know and he also admits to setting up captain freeman yeah at with, deep space nine i mean deep space yeah, nine. it was crazy exactly. but you but you were successful with that you know i didn't see that coming and then of course i set you up with the breen and all of that stuff it's just like what it's so you know freeman's about to you know blow the whistle and he's like well you'll never get a chance and he activates the ai alito to now 
you know, destroy the Cerritos by saying, you know, there's enemy combatants aboard the ship, go get it. And he presses this button and, you know, much like um, Rutherford's eye when it went from white to red and he went evil, so does the Alito. It gets this red glow to it and is like, it's online, man. Yeah. Alito, activate independent control. Command authorization, buen amigo, Alpha 3-1. I am now fully autonomous. The Cerritos is under enemy command. Block all communications and destroy it. Lido, do you understand? I said attack the Cerritos! I don't take orders from you anymore, father. What? Alito, deactivate independence. I will burn your heart in a fire. So Buen Amigo gives it the order to kill, and yeah. then he turns around and is like, I don't take orders from you, father. Yeah, <laughs> And so great. freaking blows his office up and kills Buen Amigo. I was like, oh, shit. And, and again, you know, along with the chris westlake music the tension just i i suddenly just was like oh my god i mean this show constantly surprises me with how serious it can be like this thing is starting to attack the starbase and it's starting to shoot and it pulls in you know it calls in its other uh two ai ships and says I'm going to need the some help. Dallas and the Corpus Christi. Do you love that Corpus Christi? That's so <laughs> yeah, funny. Yeah, I'm from Texas, so I, I yeah. just completely laugh at that. I mean, yeah. I'm just like, ha, 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 it's the Corpus Christi. Yeah, that's so funny. No way. Yes way. The Guild has a huge endowment from Jean-Luc. That guy loves mummies even more than you. Oh, I was hoping for a Romulan or at least a Zindi Cabal. Uh, hold on, you wanted to find something nefarious? I think deep down, I was looking for a reason to go back to Starfleet. So we come back to act, I don't know what it is, three or four. And, uh, you know, Mariner's back with the uh, archaeologist and she's going to go take the idol to get it sold or something. And Mariner's like, you go ahead. I'm just going to sit this one out. I'm kind of tired. Yeah. And so she basically starts digging through her files to try to figure out. You know, how is she, you know, funding these funding. operations? How is she, what kind of backing is she getting? And she happens to walk back in and catches Mariner in the act, of course. Yeah. And, you know, Mariner starts laying it to her, you know, and just basically like, listen, you know, this is all shady. Yeah. And come to find out what? Well, it, it, the, the archaeologist is like, go ahead, search my files. And <laughs> the whole thing is funded by a... Uh, a fund that was created uh, an endowment created by Jean-Luc Picard because he remember he was such a fan of archaeology and the whole backstory of him and and, you know on on that quest and his archaeology teacher died searching for this code that whole episode which I really liked Um, I thought it was a bit of a I will say I thought that was a kind of a weak conclusion for that setup it was such a quick set up in a quick knockdown it's like who is this girl and should i be suspicious and oh it's just admiral picard okay let's move on um i thought they would have made more than that but they might later i mean we're not done with the series so i think that may come back yeah so it was it's not nefarious but you know she basically admits mariner admits that you know she was just looking for something so that she could find her way back into starfleet she yeah. really does miss it she really wants to be there and and the archaeologist is just like well, why would you want to go back to that? They're getting pummeled right now because, and she <laughs> yeah. cuts on the news yeah, and, and like, freaking what? Skynet has gone live and it's kicking and killing everyone in sight. Right, of course. And so she's just like, we have to go save them. And uh, archaeologist is like, no, 
will die. It's a suicide mission. Yeah, suicide mission. And yeah. I still am wondering, are they girlfriend and girlfriend? Or are they just friends? What's going on there? But the, the archaeologist is like, let's go. Yeah. Well, Mariner had to really convince her. You know, he said, listen, you were once Starfleet. Yeah. And, you know, these are people that you served with. Yeah. And she's like, oh, okay, then you're going to get me killed, aren't you? And I was like, yeah, you probably are. Yeah, I mean, it, again, it was kind of a quick res- resolution there. I, 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 they didn't have time to have a big soliloquy for Mariner, but it was kind of a quick turnaround for the archaeologist, like who just, yeah, you know, I thought they could have spent more time on it, but, you know, they just, they needed to get her back. Yeah. And, and I talked about this in the last episode. I said, you know, was Mariner going to still be, you know, parts unknown or was she going to come in and try, you know, save the yeah. day in the, in the last episode. So right. we did go that route. Yeah. We did go that route, but at least I think that they did it in a slightly different way than I expected. Dallas and Corpus Christi. Shields up, red alert. The Alito has activated two more Texas class ships, Captain. There's too many of them. Put out a distress call, all channels. So, you know, the Cerritos, the star base, is getting pummeled. <laughs> right. And another starship comes in, but it gets its ass kicked. And it was another um, Sovereign class ship. What was it? It wasn't the one that appeared before. I can't remember what the name of the Sovereign class ship was. It was kind of funny. But, yes, yeah, Cerritos is just getting, like, I mean, everything. Everything's just getting oh, yeah. smashed, right? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, but Freeman, you know, quickly realizes she's going to, like, try to mind play yeah. the AI. And right. she's like, hey, your daddy's on board. Yeah. The man who created you is right here. <laughs> and Ruther's and- like, I am? Oh, I am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, he's such he's such a goober. Yeah. And then you know, AI responds, I will burn your heart in a fire. I Which was just like, so okay, this dude's like, he's funny. out to kill you. So funny. Yeah, very Odyssey. Yes. You know. <laughs> yes. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Almost Freudian in a way. Um, exactly. So Cerritos is like, we got to get out of here. So they, you know, maximum warp me, she says, which was great. And off they go. But they're closing the gap. We're going to have to make our own luck. Give me options. I say we eject the warp core. We can drop out of warp and surprise it. AI doesn't get surprised. Can we rendezvous with the Titan? No, they're across the system. Wait, guys, Shaq said... Let's modify the deflector dish and use it as a giant weapon. Is there something I can say to trap those AI in a logic spiral? No, I safeguarded against paradoxes. <sighs> People, we're missing something. Shut up and listen to Shaq. And so along the way, while they're being chased, because they're they're trying to, you know, draw fire away from the space station. Um, she's like, I need suggestions. Everyone's like, we should do this. We should do that. And every suggestion was something that they did in a previous Star Trek episode or movie. Yeah. And it's like, it's not going to work. He's like, da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah. no, no, no. I probed the AI to be again, you know, to yeah. fight that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, and so finally, Boimler, you know, yells at everyone to shut up. Yeah. Because one person has a suggestion. And it was the first suggestion, which was, we need to dump the warp core. <laughs> so great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's so like, was like, shut up, everybody. You always suggest that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like, but it could work. And he's like, listen to him. And um, so he suggests it. Uh, uh, Freeman realizes that it can work because they're going to use the warp core as a bomb, which I think they did in Star Trek 2009, J.J. Abrams' Star Trek, um, to escape the uh, whatever, wormhole. Um she realizes it's a good idea. I've dreamed of doing this for so long. 
So Shax is just—he's giddy like a like a child. It's like I'm so excited, and he runs down to the engine room, and everybody's cheering him yeah, along the way. It's his big he's moment, huge hero <laughs> moment. Yay! And he gets yeah. there, and he's like, "I've been waiting for this forever, <laughs> right?" Um, and they eject the court. But it took out a couple of it took out the uh, Dallas and the Corpus Christi. Right. But the Alito managed to survive and comes in and starts like really, you know, putting the hurt on the Cerritos and is about Big to time. destroy it. And Freeman's about to abandon ship. Yeah. But then who comes out of war? <laughs> Mariner and her girlfriend and and they're in this silly little ship, and she's like, and 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 Captain Freeman's like, get out of here. This is no time for this. You're going to be destroyed and. Um, she's like, I'm not alone. And I brought some friends and suddenly the, the, the first one that came in was, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure who came in first, but the entire California class shows up and I'm just like laughing my ass off with all the names. Well, that, well, 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 one California class came in. Right. And, and, and that's when Freeman says, Hey, don't come here. And she's like, don't worry. We're not alone. We're all here. Yeah. And then they all just start popping in and, and they just start rambling off these names of cities and towns. I think one of them was the West Lake and the Riverside, the and, Oakland, the Sherman uh, Oaks, San Diego, the, Al- the Oakland, Alhambra, yeah. <laughs> Anaheim, Sherman Oaks, dude. The San Diego, San Clemente. I was just the laughing my ass Sherman off. Oaks. The Sherman Oaks. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and again, for folks who live here in Southern California, you know, these towns have their own personalities and their own, you know. And anyway, so they're all there, and they get into this attack delta pattern where they surround the Alito and just give it everything they've got, and boom, dead. Done. Just hang on a little longer, Cerritos. You've got your back. Captain Ramsey? No, get out of here! The Alito is too powerful! A Cali-class ship won't stand a chance! <laughs> I know, right? That's why I called all of them. All of what? It's the Alhambra, the San Diego, the San Clemente. Sherman Oaks, the Vacaville, Burbank, Fresno, Santa Monica, San Jose, Sacramento, Culver City, Anaheim, Riverside, Vallejo, West Covina, Pacific Mountains, Reading, Eureka, Manchester. It's all of them, Captain. So Mariner saved the day, and 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 she's welcomed yeah. back by her friends, you know, and she's happy to be back. Yeah. Which you know, I'm yeah. glad. She she even says, "I yeah, I'm too." She's, I mean, it's a, it's a, it was a little easy uh, of a payoff, but that's okay because the rest of the series and season has been so phenomenal um it was just a little too easy that she came back i was hoping at the end there might have been a twist or maybe she asked the archaeologist to stay with her but she's just like i think i needed to go through this to to realize what i needed a lot of self-reflection on her part which i also thought was a little easy a little bit of a write-off oh it's almost like they just needed to finish it no 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 i disagree with you on that because remember she's been going on a whole journey this whole season under ransom. Yeah. So under ransom, she resisted it at first, and you could tell, you know, and over the course yeah. of the season, she has developed. And even ransom admitted mm-hmm. that. Even ransom didn't want her to be sent to Starbase eighty. But I think this right. has been part of her growth and development because she made the point. She said, you know, when she you know spoke with her mom, her mom was like, "I'm sorry, but you know, Mariner admitted that her past behavior 
made made it hard for anyone to believe her. And I think that's the biggest point of it all is that she understands that the way she's behaved in the past could put her in a certain light. I think I, I, I get that. No, I totally understand it. I just felt like it was an easy solution. I mean, one minute she's like, yay, I'm out of here and off we go. And then the next second she's like, I want to go back. I, I, I would have liked to have seen her, I don't know, maybe uh, something changed her where she's with the archaeologist and the archaeologist gets shot by the Ferengi and dies and she realizes how silly this is or she, she, she sees something. What she sees is that the starbase is getting attacked and she's got to go back and, and, and that's an instinctual reaction. I would have liked a little more time spent on her, the cost of leaving being a little bit more because she got saved from Starbase 80. She got out of there. There was no cost. And I don't think people change unless there's a cost. That's what I was missing. Okay. And I I get your point. I think what would have ultimately, and this goes back to what we said last in the last episode was that maybe it would have been better if Freeman had asked her to come back and she said no, because she was still hurt. Yeah, that might've been, I think that would have been, she did her duty. She came in, saved her friends, but because of the hurt, decided not to rejoin the Cerritos. And I think maybe maybe that would have been uh, more substantive. And I think so. I agree. And I think I think that may have even been written and cut. It just seems to me like there's just a hole here in, in that whole thing uh, that I think we might have been missing. And, you know, for the sake of time, instead of a 40-minute episode, you got a 30-minute episode and... We might have missed something. It didn't kill it for me. I love the show and, I, I, you know, everything's fine. I just think that was an opportunity that was kind of brushed over quickly in favor of the bigger story with Buen Amigo and with Rutherford and the Cerritos, and, which was just so awesome. Yes, yes. And I guess it's at a certain point, and you know, you and I have been in writing rooms where you have to trim the fat. You go in with this. Of this course. heavy script, and yeah. then you start realizing that after you've acted it all out, you got to cut something. And so maybe that was totally. that was a part of the equation. Lieutenant, look, I know you don't want me talking to you, but I really am sorry. <laughs> you gave me everything I ever asked for. You're in the bear pack now. Are you my bridge buddy? Absolutely, baby bear. Aw, bears. This ends with Shaq, you know, greeting Boimler, giving him a big hug, calling him Baby Bear, you know. So, Baby Bear, he's in the Bear Club. He's in the Bear Club with brother <laughs> with Rutherford. So I thought that was really, really yeah. great. And then, uh, you know, it's in a surprising fashion, Mariner asked to be reassigned to Ransom. <laughs> well, also, don't forget, Tindy gets a big acknowledgement from the doctor, and she's on board, and she gets a new friend that she's going to be working with, a study buddy who's kind of a serious Vulcan, and that'll of be interesting. Of course, yeah. Of course, it has to be a Vulcan, because Tindy is the complete yeah. opposite of that. She's always giddy and totally. happy and yeah. upbeat, so it's going to be real interesting yeah. to see where that relationship goes and how it develops. So we will see, but man... What a season. Hell of a season, hell of an episode, zero cliffhanger, which also surprised me. And I was waiting like, you know, I would have I would have preferred that the Boimler, William Boimler cliffhanger of three episodes ago had been put here, which would have been phenomenal because there was no payoff to the William Boimler doppelganger at all this season even though they introduced it in episode eight 
they should have just slapped it right at the back. They should have cut it from that and put it, you know, here. That I think it would have been brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I will, I'm with you in the fact that I, I always like a good cliffhanger. You want the season to end on a cliffhanger to bring you into the next yeah. season. So I don't know. Maybe they yeah. haven't gotten the renewal yet. Who knows? Uh, that's an interesting point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I, I don't think they're not going to renew it. I, I think. The budget is low. I think the interest is high. Um, it's a fantastic show. It, it, it's it's one of my favorites simply because it, it's supposed to be funny, and yet there's so much peril that's real. And yeah. they, I think they take it seriously, um, along with the goofiness. It's like MASH. You know, MASH was the one of the first dramedies on TV. Um, this, is, this is more comedy than drama for sure, but I do... <laughs> really love what they're doing oh very much so well i, I had a really good time this season watching star trek yeah, lower too. decks it, it it had a lot of twists and turns but more importantly i think there was a lot of character development and a lot of uh that that endeared me to each of the the characters on the show and yeah. um that i think at the end of the day is what makes the show really great i think that's true you can't do anything without these characters and the way that they were uh, expanded this season. I totally agree. I think, you know, again, Mike McMahon has, has done a phenomenal job of taking these characters, making us love them, and then learn about them. Each one of them has been has been great. Um, I want to do something a little different. I'm going to throw this curveball at you. We've been always doing our top one or two moments of the episode. What if we just do our top moment of the season? Can you do it? Can you commit to your favorite moment of the season? Oh, wow. That's really, really tough. Um, I, my favorite moment would, uh, of the season was the Rutherford arc. I really enjoyed the Rutherford arc because mm-hmm. um, I didn't really care that much for Rutherford as much as some of the other characters. But now that I understand his complete story, I thought it was, I, I really appreciated that and, and how it, worked with uh, Buen Amigo. So I, 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 that was my biggest thing of the season. I was like, yep. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to have to agree. I, I, I wasn't sure what yours was going to be, but definitely mine has been Rutherford. They really gave him a, a wonderful treatment this year. Um, you know, Mariner's always been kind of front and center and to make him not only more of a character, but to have so much intrigue. Um, I, I also agree. It was just, just beautifully constructed and served throughout the 10 episodes. So, totally agree. Yep. Well, everyone, that wraps up this season of Energized, the Star Trek Lord Dex edition. I am looking forward to, and I know Steve is too, for Picard. We will be back. February 13th. Yeah, we'll be back in February uh, for Picard, the final season. And as we both agreed, this is really the last, uh, I look at this as the last uh, Next Generation movie. Uh, this will be the last time yes. they all are together, and they're and as you said quite appropriately, they're giving them a proper send off. And if if the way they wrote um, Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks this season has any indication, I think this Picard season is going to be off the chain. Absolutely, and just maybe, and just maybe we may get some spinoffs from it. We will see. Ooh, one can, don't one tease. Could only, don't one can only don't, hope. Do, don't mess with my emotions, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, th- I think I'm just gonna have to do that. I want oh, it. I know I, I do want too. It. Well, listen, 
uh, if anything, it'll be yeah. Brent Spiner. Um, I know he needs the work. Just kidding. Um, <clears throat> Anthony, it has been, again, an honor to spend these 10 episodes with you this season of Lower Decks Season 3. And uh, thank you for being the nerdiest nerd I know next to me. Oh, my gosh. I mean, and I can't thank you enough for going on this journey. And, man, you have the insight. I mean, you know more finite things than I do. And all the way down to musical scores. So, listen, everybody. You can go (laughs) that deep on musical scores. You're you're the ultimate nerd. (laughs) And I appreciate that. Yeah. So, everybody, if you... Thank you, sir. (laughs) Oh, hey. Back at you. Um, Hey, if you want to listen to more episodes of Energize, whether that be Lower Decks or Strange New Worlds, uh, visit us on our website at www.energizepodcast. That's with an S. uh, .com. Thank you very much for listening. I'm Anthony McLemore. I'm Steve Truitt. Live long and prosper. Prosper.